For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today is going to be kind of a busy day. Um, I started my podcast late today. It's Tuesday. I started it a little late because I was watching the Daniil Medvedev versus Jeremy Chardy match, and it just got over. I will touch that later in the episode, but just a hint, something big happened. Um, I want to start talking about some of the finals that finished last week. Um, I want to talk about Vienna, uh, the ATP 500. Dominic Team won that tournament. Um, Team has actually played really well since the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open, he didn't play well at all. Actually, I was gonna I was gonna say he didn't play very well. No, he didn't play well at all. He lost first round. Um, kind of a disappointment, I think, to a lot of people. And he, I mean, he just lost first round straight up in Arthur Ashe Stadium and. I think a lot of people were upset because a lot of people thought he could do well in that tournament. But, um, yeah, so he was out first round early in the U.S. Open. And ever since then, he's played well. He played well at the Labor Cup. Um, he played well in you know in all the tournaments over in Asia. And now he won Vienna, which is the um, Erste Bank Open. And he played great. Um, some of the best names in that, I mean, he beat... He beat Sanga first round, and then Verdasco and Karina Busta, and then um, Bertini, and then Schwartzman. So they were all big names in the whole in the whole tournament, and he beat them all. Um, good for him. He won the final three six six four six three. He's been grinding a lot lately. A lot of his matches lately have been grinders. I've noticed, and um, good for him. I see some of his videos on Instagram, um, Facebook, and you know twitter some of the social media sites and his workout sessions are pretty intense so um not surprised that he's playing that well um some of the other big names in that were um Hachinov was a two seed he lost to Schwartzman when which Schwartzman ended up playing team in the finals um Berrettini beat Rublev and Dimitrov was in there um Simone uh, Gael Monfils. There were some big names in this Vienna tournament. So for team to win that, although he was the one seed, that's a big confidence booster, and that's um, big moving into the Nito finals in London. I'm not sure if he's a part of that yet. I um, I don't think it's come out yet who is fully a part of London, but um, hopefully team's in it the way he's playing right here. Um, I also want to move on to something that kind of took – didn't, I wouldn't say take the tennis world by storm. I would say um, it was kind of a feel-good story in the tennis world, and that is Roger Federer winning in Basel. Um, 
he's a hometown kid. He was a ball boy there when he was, what, 10 years old, 9 years old, and then played there when he was young, 17 years old, 16, 17 years old, and now he wins the tournament for the 10th time. I, I know the... Um, I know the trophy celebration, the trophy presentation was a little bit extra. They had the big 10 out there, and I think they put 10 on the trophy and um, just a lot of extra things. But he's a Swiss guy. Um, um, from a man from Switzerland to be or to win this tournament 10 times, there's something about winning tournaments in general. Um, winning a tennis tournament in general when you're the only one there, um, you don't have a team, you don't, you're not, it's a, not a team sport individual, it's you versus the world. Winning a tennis tournament is one of the best feelings in the world because you're the best out of that 124 or 128. You're the best out of that 64. You're the best out of that 32. Whatever the case may be, winning a tennis tournament is something special because it's individual sport and you have to win each round to get there. But winning a tennis tournament in your home country that is kind of your home tennis tournament, winning that 10 times has got to be one of the most special experiences of Roger Federer's life. He's won in the biggest of stages, and I don't know how much compares to winning Basil. He was emotional during his um, during his speech after he won in the trophy ceremony, and there's nothing quite like winning your home tournament. So congratulations to Roger. There were a lot of good players also in this tournament. Uh, Alex de Manure, who's in the... Um, he is in the next-gen finals. We'll talk about that a little bit later. He was in this tournament. He beat Tsitsipas 6-4, 6-4 in the semis. He beat Vavrinka, which Vavrinka is a Swiss man. Um, and he beat um, Albert. And then Tiafa was there. Tsitsipas was there. Uh, Fagnini, David Goffin, um, Riley Opelka, Richard Gasquet, um, Batista Agut, um, Damon Ur, and Taylor Fritz. I mean, Sverev lost to Taylor Fitz. Fritz first round. That's a bit. Taylor Fritz has been playing really well lately. Actually, um, that's someone to also watch. That's young. Um, I don't believe. I don't think he's in the next gen finals. Actually, he's not in the next gen finals, but um, he's definitely someone to watch. I don't think he can be because I believe he's like twenty three or twenty two years old. Um, but he's definitely someone to watch coming up and moving forward. Um, like I said, Vavrinka, um, Pierre was in that tournament, but Roger Federer wins Basel for the tenth time, uh, the tenth trophy. And it's the Swiss indoors and gets him the motivation and kind of the momentum into the Paris, um, into Paris. And he's not playing in the Masters 1000. Um, he said he wanted to take some time off, wants to focus on the needle finals in um, London. So he took some time off. When you're Roger Federer, you can kind of do whatever you want. And that's what he did. Let's move on to China, and let's talk a little bit about the WTA Finals. Um, I know there's been a, kind of a lot of um, attention towards this, as there should be. This is some good tennis. Um, I'm just going to go through the players that are in it quick. Um, Ash Barty is in it, and then there's Belinda Bencic, and Kiki Burtons, and Simona Halep, and Naomi Osaka, and Elino Svitolina, and Petra Kvitova, and Bianca Andreescu. And then Cardina Pliskova, Carolina, sorry, Carolina Pliskova. Um, this is a good tournament every year. It's kind of it's the same thing pretty much as the Nido Finals in London, um, but it's for the women. And this year has been some really good competition. Um, the, in the first round, there's two groups. There's a red group and a purple group. And in the red group is Ash Barty, uh, Naomi Osaka, Petra Kvitova, 
Belinda Bencic and Kiki Burtons. And then in the purple group is Carolina Pliskova, uh, Bianca Andreescu, Simona Halep, and Elena Svitolina. And so um, most everyone's pretty much played one match. Um, Osaka beat Kvitova. Uh, Barty beat Bencic, Burtons beat Barty, and then uh, Bencic beat Kvitova. And then also in the purple group, it was, uh, where is it at? Svitolina beat Pliskova, and Simona Hallett beat Andreescu. So it's kind of a round-robin type thing here. And um, I guess kind of the, it's not really over yet, and it's not really gone far yet. Um, so there's not a whole lot to talk about except for Naomi Osaka retired with a shoulder injury and she is out right now of the WTA finals and she has retired indefinitely. So, um, what does that mean? I don't think it means a whole lot. I think it's worth touching on, which is why I mentioned it, but I don't believe it's worth a whole lot because the Australian open isn't for another while. It's not till, um, the end of January, early February, and um, I don't really think it's worth paying a whole lot of attention to. Um, yeah, it's kind of a big deal, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not. So I'm just going to leave that leave that there, and we are going to move on, and we'll cover more of the WTA Finals next week when we um, when it's kind of over or wrapping up. Um, I want to talk about Paris right now. Um, there's a lot going on in Paris right now. Um, the, the masters 1000 in Paris is one of the biggest tournaments of the year. And it's, um, and it gets a lot, a lot of press. And earlier, um, earlier we saw Djokovic and Nadal, the number one and two seed in the world practicing together in Paris. And first of all, it's good to have Nadal back because, he was out with a hand injury, um, and then he got married. Um, but there's a lot of good players in this tournament. Um, it's kind of like Indian Wells. I like to compare it to Indian Wells where there's just a lot of good players. Um, here's here's the seeds. Uh, one seed, Djokovic. Two seed, Nadal. Three seed, um, Feder didn't play, so um, they left it there. He withdrew, so they just put a bye. And then Dominic Team was the five. Sferov's the six. Tsitsipas the seven. Hachinov's the eight. Nine is Batista Gut. Ten is Berrettini. Fognini is eleven. Um, David Goffin is twelve. Monfils is thirteen. Schwartzman's fourteen. Isner fifteen. And wrapping up the top sixteen is Stan Wawrinka. So, um, like I said, there's a lot of really good players in it, and a lot of time they just go by the who's ranked in the ATP because almost all the ATP players play in this tournament. Um, a couple things to watch. Um, Berrettini plays Sanga today. Sanga played an outstanding first round match against Rublev. Um, I watched that yesterday. It was great. Um, some of the best tennis I've seen both of them play, especially Sanga, who's not been necessarily on the map this year. Um, some of the best tennis I've seen him play. Um, Verdasco, he is in the second round. He will play Alexander Sverev. Um, Dominic Team plays Rayonich in the second round. That's gonna be a good match. That should be probably happening real soon here or uh, the night might be over there um and then this is something that i was going to tell you earlier um but i hinted at it but daniel medvedev has just lost in the second round of the atp masters i was watching this match before i came on to podcast and i was going to come podcast earlier and i was like i need to watch this match i just need to watch this match so um Daniel Medvedev, he played all right. He he was kind of in his head a lot. Um, 
kind of a little bit of a head case, and I contribute that to him not winning this match. Um, Chardy is a good player. He's French. He's got the crowd behind him, but still, should Daniil Medvedev should have lost? Absolutely not. Um, Medvedev, this is someone who's been to six straight finals. I mean, this is someone who uh, the final of literally six straight tournaments. Like, how hard is that? That is one of the hardest features to do. Um, be that consistently good over and over and over and over again. Um, Danu Medvedev shouldn't have lost his match. He played well, but, you know, give credit to Chardy. Chardy played well. He um, he was kind of in his own. He was in the, he was in the mode. Um, sometimes players just get in, in the zone, and that's what Chardy was. And also, he's in Paris, France. Um, he's a Frenchman. People love to play in their home countries. Look at Roger Federer. Um, so, Daniil Medvedev is out currently. Um, a couple other big, um, a couple other pretty big news here. Um, Karen Hachinov is out as well. He lost to Struff. Um, he won the tournament last year. He was the eighth seed. He is out. So, that's a big, uh, big loss for him. Uh, can't protect his title there in in France, but look for some players to kind of make a run here, but I don't see anybody winning this tournament other than Djokovic or Nadal. Um, they're both playing too well. Uh, Djokovic obviously is playing well, like he always is, and then Nadal just got off injured, or injured reserve, and not injured reserve, that's kind of baseball, but he just got, you know, he was just injured, so he scooped a couple tournaments, and then he went to play, or, and then he didn't play. He got married, so um, that kind of segues me into my next topic. I just want to talk quick about the Nadal wedding. It was gorgeous. Uh, if you saw pictures online, uh, Nadal, that smooth criminal him, he looked great in his suit. Um, <laughs> Nadal is uh, top of class. He is top of, you know, top of the world in tennis. He has a yacht. He's a very classy human being, human being, and his wedding reflected just that. Um, him and his wife had some great pictures together. And um, it was cool. They had pictures of Feliciano Lopez and David Ferrer were there. Um, that was cool. But someone interviewed him the other day, and they asked, you know, what'd you do after your wedding? And he said, well, I, you know, took Sunday off because I just got married, and then I went and had practice Monday, Tuesday. And that's the type of dedication you need in the world of tennis or in sports in general to, you know, be at the top of your class, to win 19 Grand Slams, to be arguably the best player of all time. So it's um it's commitment it's dedication it's the reason why Rafael Nadal is in the position he is at age 33 there's no question about it there's that there's no way other players in the world are that dedicated and that's why he's got 19 grand slams simple um but like i said he has a good chance of winning this masters 1000 um i think the only person standing in his way is Djokovic i don't think his path to the draft or path to the finals is bad. He plays Vavrinka, who's playing decent right now. Uh, Berrettini's up there. Berrettini, I want to talk about a little bit. Berrettini just cracked the top 10 in the first time he ever. Um, he's never been in the top 10. So, Matteo, Matteo, Matteo Berrettini, good for you. Sorry, I got caught up in my words there. Um, good for you. Um, he played outstanding at the U.S. Open, kind of had a breakout time there, and he's played great ever since. So, um, Berrettini could meet Nadal in the fourth round and, uh, right before the semis or right before the quarters, sorry, no, the semis. Um, and that could be the only person on that side of the bracket that I think could give him 
a hard time. Maybe Sferov or Monfils later, but I don't think Monfils can. Um, maybe Sferov or Verdasco or Fognini, one of those people in the top of the bottom half of that bracket. Um, I want to talk about the next-gen finals. The next-gen finals are coming up. They are soon. I believe they're at the very beginning of next month. Yep, uh, November 5th through November 9th. Um, and it came out who's in the next-gen finals, and I'm going to read them to you. Um, I think his name is pronounced Ymir, um, and it's M- Mikhail Ymir from Sweden. He um, He's a young man who played in the U.S. Open this year. He impressed me in the U.S. Open. Um, he's smooth. He's quick. He's good. He hits the ball hard. Um, he's someone to watch. Um, Hugo Humbert, Humbert is um, in the next-gen finals, and then you got Casper Ruud. Um, and then obviously the superstars, Alex de Manure is there. Denis Shapovalov is there. Big foe, um, Francis Tiafo is there. Um, and then you got Miomer Kechmanovic. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. And then my guy, Yannick Sinner. Yannick Sinner is in this tournament. He is my pick to win the next gen finals. Um, I hope he does. I really think he can. Um, I think he is the most promising player in that whole group not only the way he plays, but the way he carries himself. Um, his strokes are good. He can really strike the ball. He's good. He's a good player. But um, his brain is where it's at, and I think he's calm. He gets excited when he needs to be. He doesn't get too upset, and I think that's the reason why he's going to be the next big thing, and he's going to win the next-gen finals. Um, I'm kind of getting long here, but I'm going to talk a little bit about um, – I saw something the other day that – I just want to wrap up with this. It said – it was a – Video of Monfils and Vavrinka practicing together, and it said, who is your favorite friendship in tennis? And it got me really thinking. There's a lot of really good friendships in tennis, whether it be Roger and Rafa, Monfils and Vavrinka, or Vavrinka and Roger, um, uh, Felix Auger Aliasim, and Denis Shapovalov. I mean, there's so many good friendships in tennis. But then I got to think, which one is my favorite? And I think... It's hard to go against Francis Tiafo and anybody he's friends with. Um, Francis Tiafo is friends with so many people. Um, you saw him at the U.S. Open with Sferov. Um, he's all the Americans, obviously, and Jack Sock. And then there's Kyrgios in that group. And then um, Isner and Query and all them. But I just love, I don't like this because I don't like when Tiafo loses. It's kind of tough sometimes. Um, I'm a big fan of Francis Tiafo. But how he handles himself after losses to friends, he goes over, gives him a hug. Um, he's always exhausted. Like top top 10 most exhausted he's ever been is every match he plays. He gives it his all, and he walks out there, and he you know, gives him a hug at the net, and he's just so tired. And then he kind of lumps, lumps off the court because he's so tired, and he looks like you're going to drag him off like a snail. But I just love whoever Francis Tiafo is friends with, which at the U.S. Open it was fair of. Um, that he played against, and then there's obviously all the next-gen people he's good friends with, and then the Americans, um, obviously, and some Australians. But um, that's my favorite friendship in tennis, is Francis Tiafo and anybody he's close friends with, which is a lot of people. Um, keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on when he loses to these guys and kind of how he handles himself. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who like Francis Tiafo as well. Um, lastly, I just want to talk quick about Jem's life, not a whole lot. They haven't been together a whole lot lately. This is kind of an off time. 
Um, but the other day, Svitolina said she will answer questions on Instagram, and she did. And it sounds like her and Gael have moved in, moved in together, but they haven't posted for a long time. And um, I just don't think um, they're together a lot. But I haven't updated you. Uh, I haven't updated you much about this in a while, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. And. I thought I'd just let you know, uh, Svitolina is at the Next Gen Finals, and um, Gael Monfils is currently in Paris, which he loves playing in Paris because he's, Fran- uh, he's French. Um, but she did answer a bunch of questions on Instagram the other day, um, like, you know, who's tough to play in the WTA? She said everybody. Um, you, you can just check it out. So um, that'll do it for this week's podcast. Obviously, you can listen on... If you're listening right now, you're probably listening on other devices like Stitcher, Luminary, um, iTunes, Spotify, um, stuff like that. Also, um, make sure that you reach out to me at Jacob Sersosimo, C-E-R-S-O-S-I-M-O, on all social media platforms, whether it be... Um, you can even reach me on Facebook. I got a few Facebook pages. Um, but on Twitter and Instagram, for sure. I want to hear what you guys think. I want to know um, who you think I should have as a guest. I have a really special guest coming at some point in this fall or hopefully into early next year. Um, I think you guys will really like it. Stay tuned for that. Um, Some things came up, so he couldn't join me, but um, he did say he wants to be on. So just, you know, keep an eye on that. And um, I hope that um, you guys have a great rest of your day. Once again, today's episode was sponsored by... Yep, still nobody. So, um, if you want to be, if you want to sponsor this episode, um, listen at Believe Pod, or you can listen at Believe Pod Podcast, but you can also reach out to us at Believe Podcast, B L E A V Podcast, or Believe.com. Um, appreciate it. Take care. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture, and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety minded who watch everyone's backs. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.